All right, welcome to today's episode of the Walter White podcast. Today I don't have a guest. Instead, we will once again look at one of my articles. And today, this will be uh, one of my first publications. Let me share my screen real quick. Um, all right. My, one of my very first publications called Enhancement Technologies and Inequality. Now, um, this resulted out of a presentation that I gave at a um, co conference of the Spanish Society of Logic, Methodology and Philosophy of Science. It was very nice uh, as a then young student to go to um, Madrid was very exciting. Meet philosophers of science, um, talk about uh, philosophical issues in the sciences, how one could become a philosopher. Lucky now I've uh, made it. Um, anyhow, uh, during this time, I was very interested um, in genetic enhancement, genetic engineering technologies due to the rise um, of CRISPR-Cas. You might have heard of that. Um, and yeah, this was published then in the proceedings of this conference. So it's a very short paper and I have a much longer version of it that I have later published um, in the Journal of Cognitive Enhancement. We'll look at that in a future episode. So today's episode will be rather short. As I mentioned before, you can download um, almost all my publications on my website if you just go on walterwhite.com so let's open this here um perfect let's make it a bit larger so that you can view it well um enhancement technologies and inequality back then i was at the university of bristol doing a master degree in the philosophy um of biological and cognitive sciences i was very much interested in looking at those disciplines further i studied philosophy and economics before but what i was really lacking was more of an insight into these sciences in our course with enhancement technologies genetic engineering that is quite a relevant question now let's just dive right into the paper Recognizing the variety of dystopian science fiction novels and movies from Brave New World to Gattaca and more recently Star Trek um, on the future of humanity in which eugenic policies are implemented, genetic engineering has been getting a bad reputation for valid but arguably mostly historical reasons. In this paper, I critically examined a claim from Melman and Botkin. 1998, chapter 6, that human enhancement will inevitably accentuate existing inequality in a free market and analyze whether prohibition is the optimal public policy for this objection as egalitarians might advise. Uh, see, for instance, Lamont in Favor, 2014. Of course, various moral theories will evaluate this claim, which I shall call the inequality objection, differently. Yet, for the purposes of the present paper, I shall only consider whether the inequality objection is a problematic is a problem to the dominant moral framework and policy making. That is utilitarianism. Whether um, enhancements poses um, a problem for agents' well-being or not, that's really the focus here. In what follows, I argue that the inequality objection has several problems. My criticism is structures as follows. In section 2, I will attempt to bring the argument at stake into formal argument structure and clarify the terms that are unclear. In section 3.1, I attack the claim that human enhancements leads to inequality. 
In section 3.2, I analyze why inequality decreases well-being, and if it is the case that the benefits from human enhancements do not actually outweigh the costs, which is what utilitarians should be concerned with. In section 3.3, I take the conclusion and analyze whether prohibition is actually the best possible policy in maximizing well-being. Lastly, in section 4, I will summarize my attacks on the argument and conclude that the inequality objection does not sufficiently support the conclusion that human enhancement should be prohibited by policymakers. So what is at stake here? Though perhaps having raised the largest concerns in the public perception of human enhancement, the inequality objection is neither a very sophisticated argument nor a very new one. Against the introduction of new technologies that could enhance humans beyond what might be considered normal. In fact, the whole argument is old wine and new bottles. Concerning inequality, Bostrom and Roach claim that one could hold the justified worry that people with radically enhanced cognitive capacities might gain vast advantages in terms of income, strategic planning, and ability to influence others. In other words, an enhanced cognitive elite may gain socially significant amounts of power. Bostrom and Roach, 2007, page 15. Of course, it seems undesirable if an enhanced elite accumulates a lot of power, but whether this is even a plausible scenario is an open question. Rather than considering these extreme cases, I focus on inequality in general. So those scenarios where inequality has the potential to decrease well-being. From a utilitarian perspective, the inequality objection can be fleshed out as follows. Premise 1, human enhancement leads to inequality. Premise 2, inequality leads to a decrease in well-being. Premise 3, what leads to a decrease in well-being should be prohibited by policymakers. Therefore, human enhancement should be prohibited by policymakers. In order to attack this argument in a precise and clear manner, let me begin by clarifying three crucial terms. That is, human enhancement, inequality, and utilitarianism. First, I adopt the definition of Bostrom and Roach who define human enhancement as interventions that aim to improve the state of an organism beyond its normal healthy state. 2007, page 1. By inequality, I mean inequality in human capacities and focus on how this could decrease overall well-being. How does this connect to utilitarianism? Utilitarianism has this underlying consequentialist principle. Good is the maximization of well-being or utility. As the conclusion is a prohibition, we shall be concerned with whether a prohibition is what utilitarianism was actually advised. With this in mind, let me now turn to premise one and examine whether human enhancement leads to inequality. I'll have some coffee first. No. 3.1. Human enhancement leads to inequality. Each of the following sections will be focused on one of the premises. Let me begin with the premise that human enhancement will increase inequality. This premise is empirical in nature and as such requires supporting evidence. While it is unclear what is evidence for the adequacy of this premise, there is at least some evidence that seems to speak against it. More specifically, the reasons to believe that human enhancement will not affect inequality at all or even decrease it, as Bostrom and Roach, 2007, page 16, suggest, by making people more equal, like it is the case with Modefino, Randall et al., 2005. Um, so, for those who don't know, 
Modafinil is a cognitive enhancement drug usually uh, given to people who uh, have uh, uh, trouble staying awake during the day, uh, sleeping disorders, um, or perhaps sometimes use a cognitive enhancer for, say, people who work night shifts. It helps them adjust their circadian rhythm so that they're awake during the night and sleep during the day. Um, but there's also cognitive effects on improving cognitive performance. And so uh, some have started to use this, whether students, faculty, um, business leaders, um, in general, perhaps we might describe these people as sort of trying to optimize their own performance, um, optimizers. Um, and it has become very popular uh, in those circles. Now, Bostrom suggests that we know far more about genes responsible for irritable, inheritable diseases than genes for responsible for talents, intelligence, and longevity. Hence, human enhancement might uh, especially help the genetically worst of in society. Bostrom, 2003, page 18. So that's um, quite an interesting argument against the idea that cognitive enhancers would inevitably lead to a great inequality, say, two classes where the enhanced dominate the unenhanced. Instead, we might see enhancements as really benefiting the worst of. So, furthermore, as fight 2018, page 12 argues, at least when it comes to genetic enhancements, we can expect them to get rid of a major source of inequality. That is the elimination of the natural lottery. What we have to be concerned with is therefore the plausibility of the inequality objection. Eric Perrins even claims that those who already have economic resources will readily gain access to new technologies, and those new technologies will make them stronger competitors for more resources. Parents, 1998, S1. If parents' claim is true, then an implicit premise needs to be true. That is, enhancing yourself, e.g. cognitive capacities are good investments as they help you um, in the market. Otherwise, those who enhance themselves would not be better competitors. This means that some enhancements, like an increase in cognitive capacities, might enable agents to become better competitors. Considering this, it seems unlikely that people wouldn't consider taking loans for enhancing themselves in order to increase their expected wage. Banks might even give loans for human enhancement in a similar fashion to education loans. Instead of paying for advanced training courses, employees might consider paying for cognitive enhancements of their employees. Whether they will remain an op whether they will remain and remains of course here an open question as profitability and risks are currently unknown, right? Um, these technologies. Uh, we, we can't really say that they are fully developed. We have some marginal cases like uh, modafinil that might be considered cognitive enhancers, and companies might perhaps pay for if that was uh, legal. But as so far. This is a question we want to evaluate for the future. Now, even so, let us grant for the moment that um, the above worries so well-motivated. Um, so in what follows, I consider the premise two and question whether inequality will really lead to an decrease in well-being. 3.2. Inequality leads to a decrease in well-being. According to egalitarians, everyone should be equal. The conception of this equality might differ, for instance, economic equality, equality in well-being, equality of opportunity. See Arneson, Richard, uh, Summer, 2013. Um, <laughs> utilitarians, of course, 
are not concerned with these kinds of consequentialist theories, but rather the maximization of well-being. What matters here then is how inequality has the potential to decrease the well-being in a population. Several reasons could come to mind. Potential oppression, discrimination, unfairness, exploitation, envy, or simply a preference for equality. Melman, Maxwell, Botkin, Jeffrey. Even if you grant that these are worrisome consequences of human enhancement, in the utilitarian framework, we would still have to weigh the benefits against these costs. Proponents of prohibition often referred to as bioconservatives, Bostrom, um, Nick and Roach Rebecca seem to either ignore the benefits of human enhancement or implicitly think that they do not outweigh the costs. To make their claim as strong as possible, I will give them the benefit of the doubt and tackle the latter. While we may want to grant that human enhancements might decrease well-being by introducing inequality, there are other areas where human enhancement can potentially increase well-being enormously. Bostrom and Roach discuss several of these areas, for instance, health, intelligence, life extension. And these seem like reasonable benefits, right? So whether the costs outweigh the benefits is an open question. However, as argued in FIGHT 2018, there could be potential solutions to keep the benefits of human enhancement while limiting the costs of inequality. Most obviously, state Funding. Therefore, what I analyze next is the possible solution of prohibition and how it compares to other alternatives. Right? The idea here is that we have to evaluate um, prohibition against all the other alternatives we might consider, all the other policies regarding um, cognitive enhancers. Um, so prohibition of a human enhancement, is this the best solution? Even if we accept that human enhancement has the potential to increase inequality in the society and the costs outweigh the potential benefits, the question arises whether prohibition is actually the best way to maximize well-being. Um, what we shall be concerned with are the consequences of this prohibition. I argue that it is wrong to think that we have the choice between status quo and a world where human enhancement takes place. This development 2014 outlines one additional option alone can change the whole situation. Applied to human enhancement, this means that a world where it is illegal does not equal a world where this technology is not available. This is because of several problems suggested in the literature which need to be considered. First, Bostrom and Roach highlight that a legal prohibition of human enhancement requires distinguishing current practices of medicine from enhancements, which creates several problems. 2007, page 1 to 3. Second, the prohibition would have to be globally enforced, otherwise one could still access these technologies legally. Jakob Heller, Christine Peterson, 2006 but would only make them more expensive, as Patrick Lynn and Fritz Arloff 2008 point out. Third, Anders Sandberg and Nick Bostrom claim that a prohibition will be an incentive for the creation of black markets, which as of drugs may tend to make these technologies even more expensive, while legal enhancements would become less risky and less expensive as time goes on. 2009, page 333. Fourth, Maxwell... Jerry Melman and Jeffrey L. Botkin, chapter 7, raised the question of how those breaking the law should be punished. For instance, 
will someone with genetic enhancements be forced to alter his DNA back to the point um, it was before or have to be sterilized? Will people who have died with enhancements, uh, whether that's cognitive or genetic enhancement, have to be sentenced to death by revoking the enhancements? These issues are not easily avoidable for legislators um, when effective prohibition is being implemented. These uh, problems have to be considered. Uh, compare this, say, to the war of drugs, which we might say has failed horribly. So even if the claim is correct that human enhancement will lead to inequality, the proposed solution of prohibition seems to face several problems that proponents of prohibition are invited to address. In short, there are several reasons speaking against prohibition and some that speak in favor of other solutions. Let me shortly explain, uh, expand on them. For instance, Nick Bostrom, 2003, page 17, proposes subsidies of free access for children of poor families. I agree with Lamont, Julian, and Favor Christie, um, fall 2014, section 6 of, uh, I believe, the Stanford's Encyclopedia article, that the middle ground between an open market access and prohibition needs to be considered. As such, it seems that prohibition is not the best policy against this risk. It might even turn out to be worse than other kinds of regulation that address at least some of the concerns the proponents of the inequality objection have brought forward. So to conclude this short proceedings article, there seem to be at least three major problems with the inequality objection. First, there is no empirical evidence that human enhancement will lead to inequality. Second, even if we accept that human enhancement will lead to inequality, it is not clear whether this will outweigh the potential benefits of human enhancement. Third, even if it does, prohibition is not necessarily the best policy for maximizing well-being. This is because it is, for instance, plausible to assume that, given that human enhancement is possible and distributed via black markets, there are several plausible ways in which this will affect overall well-being negatively. In light of these concerns, I conclude that even if human enhancement leads to inequality, this is not sufficient to conclude that human enhancement should be prohibited by policymakers. Now, in retrospect, Perhaps interesting to see how much my English has improved uh, from being a student uh, in Germany and then having moved to the UK. Um, that is nice to see. Now, looking back at this article, I think it is very nicely structured um, and makes the case um, very clearly where we can attack um, all three premises um, of this inequality objection. We can firstly... Um, criticize the idea that human enhancement inevitably has to lead to inequality. I think there are plenty of arguments to consider that this might not happen. Inequality, secondly, doesn't necessarily have to lead to a decrease in well-being. Say, um, if we have a new drug, for instance, that cures some horrible ailment, um, but the inventor earns a lot of money because they've invented it, this might increase inequality in a sense, but Probably um, that inequality is nothing uh, to be too concerned with, given how um, well-being generally in a population would increase, at least according to utilitarianism. Um, and lastly, even if you think that um, uh, well-being could be reduced as well as um, inequality increased through these enhancement technologies, it is not at all clear that we should... Um, 
call for prohibition, there might be other solutions such as funding, uh, perhaps statewide enhancement technologies, um, such that they're available to all. Um, now, I have a longer version of this paper, which we'll go into in a future episode. Um, probably not too soon, because it's very similar, uh, except for the expanded portions. Um, and yeah, I hope you found this paper interesting. Um, those with dyslexia, perhaps other conditions, or perhaps just inconvenience of having to read a lot of papers they might benefit from yeah listening to this audio version um i hope this helps i hope you might become interested in this topic do your own research on this um and think about this question of what we should do about enhancement technologies so thanks for listening to today's episode and i hope you have a good week